Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 13 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and today we've got our NFL player projections for week 13. We're going to run through our top five at each skill position, discuss the players we're especially high and low on this week in our projections, and we'll throw out a player prop for each position as well. Helping me do it, as always, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up, bud? Uh, hopefully you had a happy uh, Thanksgiving and a nice week 12. Um, I had a bit of a mixed bag. Usually I gripe on the things that went wrong, but I'm going to focus on the positive. Went 3-0 and on Convince Me, which, you know, were technically <laughs> my three favorite bets of the week. Um, so that was fun. But uh, how was week 12 for you? Uh, it was pretty – I think I went 1-2 and two on Convince Me, but 6-2 uh, <laughs> and two overall. So, so – or 6-2 yeah, and 1. But uh, yeah, nice. had a good week. Um, you know, still, still, still hot. So I uh, can't complain. Yeah, keep and, it uh, up. Uh, but yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about for this week because it was yeah. a it was an interesting week twelve. So uh, week thirteen, I'm sure the, the player projections here and, and the props will be quite interesting. So let's jump right into it with uh, with quarterback. Who are your top five QBs for week thirteen? Um, so, yeah, I got Patrick Mahomes, number one, uh, then Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. I have Mahomes, Allen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. Mm. So, um, I'm, I'm, sounds like Jamar Chase is going to be back. So, yeah, um, you know, if that's the case, you know, Josh, uh, Lamar Jackson going against that, it's not the same Denver defense as it was earlier in the year, but – that Baltimore offense is just, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's weird. Like if he doesn't complete that long pass to, to Deshaun Jackson, uh, his his stat line's looking really weird last week. So yeah, he's out of my top five for now, but uh, who are you high on? Yeah, so I am high on, oh, Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, <laughs> he's my QB 15 uh, against the Falcons. I think his ECR is like QB 20. Um, yep. And he's been, he's been tapping into his rushing upside a lot more lately. You know, he has... 30 more rushing yards in three of the past four games. Uh, but he's been a bit inconsistent as a passer. So, you know, he's only thrown for three passing touchdowns. Um, he has three rushing scores. So, you know, I think he's due for some positive touchdown regression. I think it was Deontay who dropped not one, but maybe two touchdowns um, last night. So he just has yet to really put it all together for one game. Um, so especially when it comes to rookies like him that, you know, are a raw talent, um, you know, we, we have to kind of bank on them getting better um as they get more reps and everything so he could have it all come together this week against falcon so uh just my model loves him and you know he's gonna have that high floor due to his rushing upside i know you've been kind of on that from day one with him uh, but you know he just has too much talent around him with um you know deontay johnson 
George Pickens, Pat Firemuth, that, you know, I, I can just see him erupting at some point. So I want to get on early. Um, so he's, you know, more of a mid-range QB2. Wouldn't start him in one QB leagues or anything. Uh, but I think it's time to start, you know, moving up your rankings and whatnot. So uh, he's my QB15 to begin the week. Yeah, I like that. I have him at QB15 as well. What do you have his uh, rushing yards? Just curious. I have 222 passing and 24 rushing right now. Yeah, I have well, I have two ten passing yards, so you're okay. a little bit more bullish than. But I have twenty four rushing yards. Yep. Uh, but when he f- wants to tap into that, he can easily clear fifty rushing yards. Like I think sometimes he he holds himself back a bit, but he obviously has that sort of upside. Uh, but it certainly seems at this point like he's he's almost a lock to clear fifteen. You know, like um, he's getting more comfortable. It reminds me of Trevor Lawrence last year. Um, once he got a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. scrambling. He just kept it up. And, you know, I think that's going to open him up in the passing game as well. You know, defenses will have to keep an eye on him, prevent him from scrambling, and it could, you know, get guys more open. So um, I, I just think, you know, it's going to all come together at on the same week eventually. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm pretty high on him. Yeah, it's, this, it's that time of year when, you know, we're going to see rookies break out. We saw, you know, Garrett Wilson had a big week last week and Jelani Woods. So it's that time of year. Uh, I am finally high on Trevor Lawrence. I have him him at uh, QB7 this week going against the Detroit Lions in a game that uh, I expect to be pretty high scoring, maybe even, you know, second or third highest scoring game of the week right behind that Chiefs Chiefs Bengals game. So I have the Jaguars projected for almost 27 points, which is, you know, new for for the Jags, usually don't get them that high. So I have Trevor at uh, QB seven. He's the QB ten consensus. I have him for two hundred fifty two passing yards, seventeen rushing yards, and uh, about one point eight, one point nine total touchdowns rushing, passing combined. So love Trevor this week against that Detroit defense. Yeah, I'm actually I'm right there with you. Uh, I have him QB seven. Yep. Um, and he's, he's, uh, you know, I want him to succeed. He's arguably a generational talent kind of guy. Um, but I've been very cautious, you know, we've yet yeah. to see him really string two games, uh, together, but he has, uh, I think it's been two or three games now he's looked great. Um, and he finally has like a really good matchup. So hopefully he can keep it going. Uh, but we knew a breakout was coming, but yeah, he just has so much upside, um, that it's, it's been nice to see lately. He has, you know, good pass catchers around him. So yeah, he's like a mid-range QB2, uh, QB1 for me this week as well. All right, who are you low on? Uh, so I am low on Tua this week. Uh, he's my QB14 against the 49ers. Um, you know, <laughs> arguably the, the Dolphins are arguably the number one offense in the league right now. Um, and he's had some really easy matchups uh, of like, you know, you face the Texans, Browns, Bears, and Lions, oh my. Uh, in his past four <laughs> games. So, you know, now he has a tough test against four Niners. And, you know, I think he'll still do good, but their their team total is only 21 and a half. Uh, 20 teams have a higher team total than Dolphins this week. So that's uh, obviously we have to project his touchdown odds a bit lower. He might still mm-hmm. get there with yards, but just we have to factor in the matchup here. And the 49ers defense is playing lights out. Um, so I'm downgrading him to QB 14. I would still start him. <laughs> you know, if you have him, you're starting him, but you just have to lower expectations. Um, Tyreek Hill got banged up and left the game. I'm assuming that was mainly due to the blowout. I haven't seen him, you know, like missing practice or anything yet, but that's something to keep an eye out uh, for. I'm, I'm assuming he'll play. And again, I think Tua, they'll still throw it. They'll probably get the yards, but, you know, I'm not banking on two or three touchdowns here. So we just have to lower our expectations uh, this week. It's, a, it's an interesting matchup because – you know, for the Dolphin receivers, they they might have to get the ball out super quick because both of their tackles got hurt in that game as well. So, you know, Tua was already mm-hmm. getting the ball out super quick. So, yeah. But their, their top two running backs are also hurt. So, like, it, I, we don't know who's going to play or how it's going to look. Uh, so, that it's going to be an interesting one. I don't have – I'm not uh, QB 14. I'm QB 8 for now, but uh, I might mm-hmm. have to lower that depending on what happens as the week progresses. Yeah, I think Armstead is like already ruled out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McDaniel said he might return the season, so I'm assuming he's out this week. So yeah, that I mean that against his D line, uh, that could be massive. I am low on Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, have him at QB seventeen, and he's the QB thirteen in, in consensus. And you know, this is Jets defense. I do not mess around with this Jets defense. <laughs> 
you know, I, I think if you look at teams that have the recipe to slow down the Vikings, I think the Jets are right there at the top of the list. You know, they can get pressure with a four-man rush, and then they have those two great corners on the outside that you need. And obviously, Justin Jefferson is going to get his. I'm not saying Sauce Gardner is going to shut him <laughs> down or anything. But compared to most weeks, uh, this is just a really tough matchup for Cousins. And, you know, we've seen we've seen kind of it go both ways, you know, against that Patriots defense that, you know, looked pretty good, but probably was a little overrated just because it had, you know, they played such weak competition. Um, he looked good, but against the Dallas defense that can get pressure – he did not. So, uh, you know, this Jets, this Jets team, uh, I think their defense is for real. I think they're going to have to uh, probably try to keep it on the ground a little bit more, not have Cousins just launching it into to Gardner and Reed all day and, and getting lit up. So uh, I'm down on Cousins this week. Uh, yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. But I, realistically, he could just throw it up to Justin Jefferson. I, know. I guess anybody <laughs> will be fine. Plus, you know, the Jets, the Jets offense – um, has some life now <laughs> with Mike White under center. So it could turn into a shootout. Uh, you know, if, if Zach Wilson were under center, maybe the Vikings could just lean on the running game. It'd be fine. But this could turn into a shootout now that, uh, you know, there is some um, life in the passing attack. But but I hear you. Um, I have Kirk closer to like QB 13, QB 14. So I'm closer to consensus. But really that whole range is really close this week. I have like six or eight quarterbacks all within like 0.2 right there. So it's going to be, uh, quite a week for like, um, you know, streaming quarterbacks uh, this week. Yeah. Kurt is just, it's a weird, it's been a weird year for Kirk. He's only averaging 10.3 yards per completion. So it's just taken, it's taken a lot this year, um, you know, even with Justin Jefferson to, uh, to get his yards. So I'm a little skeptical, but uh, what are we doing for the props? Uh, let's go with Tua. Uh, how many yards will he throw for this week against the 49ers? Um, I'm going to go with, Oh, what was our uh, record last week? So I went one and one, you went like, Oh, I went one and one with props. You went Oh, and two. Um, oh, so we are, we're, we're essentially tied except you had one bet that wasn't act that didn't get action. So I got one at some point I need to give you a, a second, like one okay. more to catch you up, but, uh, we're essentially tied. All right, I, can, I need to make up lost ground here. So I'm going to come up with a super sharp line. I'm going to go with 200 and, 70 and a half yards for Tua. Yeah. Uh, I'm going over. Uh, yeah, I have it uh, in the two nineties still, okay. uh, All right. <laughs> you know, like, like I just think this 49er team, it's, you know, you've mentioned that the Dolphins have had some good matchups and you know, that kind of like this 49er team, I think is going to be able to score in Miami too. So I, even if it's a trailing game script, I think two is going to get his yards. Maybe the touchdowns aren't there. Maybe he turns it over, but uh, you know, backfield banged up too. I, I still think they rely hmm. on that passing game, just a quick passing game. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go over with that. Who is not going to lead? Yeah, the game no, that makes sense. Time, I hope. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, teams like the 49ers and Packers are, are really good at um, keeping the ball away from the other team. So it can, it can lower like the overall play volume. Um, so that's one of the things I'm factoring in, but yeah, no, it's just, it's a tough prop to set. Honestly, that's why I want to throw it out there, but, um, I didn't realize we were going to be 20 yards apart on this one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've had two as passing yards pretty high this whole year. Yeah. Cause you know, once I, I kind of like just went away from the, my prior, which was, you know, so low because last right. year <laughs> it's a totally different offense. So, you know, even with factoring in the Niner defense and I only have the Dolphins running about 60 61 plays um yeah oh, wow. i still have it i still have it over so we'll see oh it makes sense i mean he's really good or the off the scheme is really good yeah no i think two is really good i mean i don't yeah, think both, there's any question i think both are uh, both are working both are clicking right now all right let's go to running back who are your top five <laughs> so uh i have josh jacobs number one and last week uh, i chickened out at the very end and i lowered him to like rb6 or rb8 because <laughs> um, you know he was the afternoon yeah, he was, we didn't know i think he had uh he was questionable right with an yeah well yeah, yeah. it was just like even if he does play he might be limited so i'm like okay i had him rb1 all week and then i lowered him to rb6 right and he had one of the best performances of the season um it sounds like he might not even practice this week but i'm not falling for it again uh josh jacobs is my rb1 i'm sticking to it <laughs> uh, and then i have austin eckler ramadre stevenson nick chubb and derrick henry Wait, you have Ramondre where? Four? Uh, three. 
Ooh, is uh Damian Harris is is he out like he's, out out? Yeah, he, he well he's not expected to play, okay. so I would say he's doubtful. Uh, but you know he's not ruled out yet. But for my projections, I have zeroed him out. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I still have him getting like a, a little bit of work. Like I have Ramondre at RB eight. Uh, but yeah, he'll probably bump up a little higher if uh, yeah. once I do that. Uh, I have Jacobs, Chubb, Henry, Eckler, and uh, Kenneth Walker the third. In nice. Who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on Kyron Williams uh, this yes. week. He, he opens up his RB32. I didn't get to do this last week because uh, <laughs> we we found out the Daryl Henderson news uh, on our second pod. So uh, this is our first chance to really talk about him. Uh, but I've been banging the table uh, for him for weeks now before the Henderson news. Just, you know, the Rams season, it's a disaster. They're, they're probably looking ahead towards next year. And, you know, he could be their starting running back next year. So they, they want to see what they have. Um, very talented back out of Notre Dame. He went in the fifth round, but he was honestly one of the better pass catching backs. Um, definitely gives me like Austin Eckler vibes. And he looked the part this week. Um, you know, the I, I mentioned Cam Akers is probably going to start the game, but the game would get out of hand. And Kyron Williams eventually took over. So uh, didn't do much on the ground, ran the ball 11 times for 35 yards um, and caught three passes for uh, 25 yards. But he ran around on 70% of Bryce Perkins dropbacks unfortunately a lot of those turn into scrambles um so we're we're gonna have that problem as long as bryce perkins is under center it's gonna cap um kyron's pass catching upside a bit um so he he will get a boost if john wolford uh were able to return this week or eventually matt stafford uh i mean kyron has rb2 upside so so i'm going to be high on him um over the consensus uh as much as possible um so this week you know he's he's more of an rb3 flex option against seahawks but again if Wolford, um, it looks like if if he's going to start, um, he could move up into the RB two territory for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's this this Ram it's, <laughs> passing game is so bad, but yeah, it's I think the, the fact that Williams kind of got the eleven carries because he was always getting the routes, but the fact that yeah. he got the eleven carries, I think, is important because they they drop Henderson and you know, Acres. They've kind of had issues with all McVeigh has had issues with all year, so. Well, yeah. yeah, he he looks like he's trending up. Yeah, and the the, the other guy I like is um, Gus Edwards. Uh, he uh, against the Broncos, he opens up as my RB twenty seven. Um, he returned to action after a two game absence. Plus, they had the bye. Um, seems like they they just wanted to make sure he was one hundred percent before they had him return this time. So he returned to a full you know workhorse kind of role where he ran sixteen times for fifty two yards and a touchdown against the Jags. Um, but he could be in for an even bigger workload this week against the Broncos. Um, similar a lot of the reasons you like Deontay Foreman last week um, <laughs> you know Denver Denver's unable to put up points um, so the, the Ravens should be able to lean on the run all game and you know the Broncos defense is vulnerable vulnerable when it comes to opposing running backs um, so this just sets up as a perfect game script for Gus not never going to get much out of him in the passing game so he needs these kind of game scripts to work but um, you know he's a high-end RB3 flex option this week and I think after last week, uh, he got through the game fully healthy. I think we can finally trust him um, in our lineups now. I mean, the only thing is J.K. might return this week, though. Oh, uh, he might return this week? Well, well he was designated, but, you know, they, they're, they're saying, like, they're hopeful that he returns. But, yeah, that, that would – I don't I wouldn't – I don't know how they would kind of split that work if uh, if he would – if he's back. But, yeah, he was designated to return. So, um, we'll see. We'll see how that shapes up. But yeah, I mean, yeah, seventy six percent of the design runs last week. So, yeah. If anything, uh, J.K. would just like inherit the full Drake and Justice Hill role. Um, I'm <laughs> assuming they would want to limit Dobbins out of the gate. But certainly, if he returns this week, I will be updating my projections. As of now, I have him not returning. Um, so that's why Gus is so high. But um, again, this is something we have to deal with uh, our early Tuesday. But later in the week, uh, check our updated rankings. If Dobbins does return. Yes, sir. Uh, I am high on Kyron as well. Uh, love that call. Um, also, Damian Pierce, you know, he had a really bad game against Miami. That's a tough run defense. It's one of the best. Uh, it's top. They're top four in early down rush success rate. Uh, now they face Cleveland. I think Cleveland is going to be a much easier matchup. Both of the running backs in that game should just go off. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back on Damian Pierce here. Uh, because this Browns defense has been allowing 116.3 yards per game to opposing running backs. That's sixth most in the league. And uh, I think Pierce, you know, 
gets back on the uh, gets back to where he was what he was doing earlier this year against this number thirty one defense and run DVOA. So like Pierce and uh, also Latavius Murray, I'm higher on than consensus. I have him uh, RB twenty and he's RB twenty nine. Uh, in consensus oh, wow. and yeah uh you know he had 76 percent of the backfield carries last week and then 65 season high 65 percent uh, of the route so there's really nobody else and they they just waived their third string running back uh, zigbo so you know they really don't have much in that backfield <laughs> so i think he's you know it, it's gonna it's not gonna be pretty but i mean that's really the only thing denver can do at this point they can't throw the ball so they kind of just kind of hand uh, it to Murray, dump it off to Murray, you know, screen it to Murray, you know, whatever you can. So it might, it might take 25 touches, but uh, I could see him getting, getting a hundred yards, probably no touchdown, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I love that. I thought I was high on him at RB uh, 23. So you're higher than me. I didn't realize they cut Zigbo yeah. um, and Mac barely factored in. I mean, this yep. is fully Murray's backfield. Um, and they were able to get it in the red zone last week uh, off of one of his like 60 yard runs or something like that. Uh, and then Wilson screwed it up or something, but yeah, the, the only way they can move the ball right now is through Murray. So um, he, he is their offense right now, unfortunately, but yeah, he's, he's definitely like a low end to mid range uh, RB two right now. Yeah. It's just all volume, you know, it's all volume, yeah. but uh, all right, let's go with who you want. Um, so I'm low on Jeffrey Wilson. Uh, he's my RB 26 to open the week. Um, you know, the consensus is RB 14. I'm assuming, you know, people are still having Raheem Mostert out, which is fair. Um, but I, I have Mostert returning to at least a limited role. Uh, it's going to be a revenge game for both of these backs. Uh, but a lot of the reasons I, I'm low on Wilson are similar to what I said about Tua is, you know, their team total is super low this week. Again, it's 21 and a half. Um, 21st highest team total this week. Um, and for a running back like Wilson, who really just banks on touchdowns um, for his, you know, fancy value, that that's a massive blow, um, especially coming off a cupcake matchup last week against Texans where he, he really struggled. You know, he, uh, he only carried the ball 13 times for 39 yards, was able to get a touchdown um, to kind of salvage his day. Uh, he did leave briefly uh, for an injury, but either way, he was super inefficient against you know the worst defense in football um so again this is a tougher matchup against 49ers low team total so I, I don't know how we should be ranking him you know as a high-end rb2 so um he's all the way down to rb26 for me if moser is held out again this week he might creep back up into that mid-range rb2 but um you know i'm tempering my expectations this week for him uh and then cam Akers rb41 this is you know tied to me being high <laughs> on kyron williams i it's always bizarre just seeing people thinking that Cam Akers is going to be a thing at some point in the season. It's not. Stop it. It's never going to happen. Um, you know, he requires a positive game script to have value. So, you know, he, again, he started the game last week, uh, but they inevitably got behind big. Uh, that's going to be the Rams the rest of the season. So this, you know, he's not going to really have a positive game script to go on um, the rest of the season. So, you know, I, I don't know what we're getting out of him right now. So, um, if you have him, please do not start him. Um, it's going to require, you know, Stafford coming back and Kyron to get injured at this point for Akers to become, you know, top 30 back. So, uh, again, I am super low on Akers as always and uh, pretty high on Kyron Williams. So uh, this is kind of how I'm viewing the Rams backfield going forward. Yeah. It, you know, the, the issue with Akers is that, you know, I think some people look at the carries or maybe the overall touches, but he's only running a route you know, between eight yeah. and third and 19% of the time, like he hasn't hit 20% since week, what? Five, four, since week four. Well, the, the thing is when he does run a route, they don't even target him. Right. Yeah. So, which is another recipe to, to, to get an actual reception. <laughs> and then, you know, he's playing on the Rams. So the touchdown odds aren't, aren't there. So you're not really yeah. getting receptions, you know, low touchdown probabilities. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm exactly at a RB 41 for cam Akers as well uh i am low on saquon barkley again this week you know <laughs> uh talked about it last week i it, it just he, he just doesn't look right um you know ever since that shoulder injury he's just not the same explosive back and now he's going against this top five washington run defense so 
No, he's the consensus RB9, so they have lowered him, but I'm still lower. I'm at RB13 uh, against Washington, and it's just – I just project him to be pretty inefficient, you know, not much more than four yards per carry, and it's just a low, you know, divisional game late in the year. The total's 40 and a half. Uh, the Giants are underdogs, so, you know, it, this is just not a great matchup. And his receiving usage has been ticking downward – uh, pretty much ever since that shoulder injury, but especially since the bye, just uh, just about under 60% route participation when for the season, you know, his median's uh, closer to 70%. So, uh, you know, he's not getting the receiving usage that he was earlier in the year. Tough matchup, low team total. Uh, not Not really loving Saquon this week. Yeah, that was a great call on uh, Saquon last week to fade him, obviously, or, you know, have him low. Um, that I was driving uh, to Thanksgiving dinner, um, and I, I was trying to catch up on my phone, and I saw, like, the last 10 plays from the Giants, and it was Gary Brightwell. Gary yes. Brightwell. I was like, did Saquon get hurt or something? Mm-hmm. What the hell happened? Uh, nope, just wanted to get Brightwell involved. So that, I mean, that just goes to show. he's He's had such a massive workload this year. Um, that they are trying to get these other guys involved. They, they've been trying to get Breeden involved all year, but once they're getting uh, Brightwell involved, you know, that's that's not good because Barkley does need that massive volume to have value. So I, I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm starting to to lower his, not only his just volume, but his efficiency as well. So, um, you know, he's still, you know, borderline RB1, but not, not like beginning of the year when we were considering him as like a top three back. It, things have changed a ton since then. Yeah, man, it's 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 ugly for uh, for Saquon, and I, you know, it's funny because when they were giving all those touches to Brightwell, Saquon was on the field as a decoy. So I, I just feel oh, like he was yeah, on the field. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on uh, is like defenses are really just stacking up to to take him away, and you know, we've talked about it. The Giants' passing game is getting more and more depleted as the year goes on. You know, no Wandale Robinson. You know, they lost Shepard early in the year, so it, it it's really just defense is just loading up on Saquon and, you know, they're trying to find other ways to, to manufacture offense, but yeah, it's, it's been tough. All right. Uh, let's see. What do we want to do for the prop? Is Mike, Michael Carter's not officially ruled out, right? No, he's day to day. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, I don't know what's going to happen when he returns. That is a shit show and a half. Zonovan Knight better, was really good. You, I know. I know. You better not throw out a Jets prop though, but yeah, no, I'm not. Cause I, I mean, yeah. How, yeah. How are you handling that just in general? Right now <laughs> I have Knight uh projected over Robinson because he was active and Robinson wasn't yeah. and he he looked much better than Robinson's looked all year. So uh I, I'm projecting, you know, uh Carter, you know, kind of like 85% to start the week, and then uh Knight is the RB2 and Ty Johnson kind of mixing in for his 20% or so snaps. But uh yeah, I I expect Knight to continue to play over Robinson, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that that's must that must have been the reason why uh, Robinson was inactive. You know, the yeah. coaching staff just liked uh, what they've been seeing from Knight, and it showed on the field. Um, so when everyone's healthy, I, I just consider Knight is basically the James Robinson role, which means you know Michael Carter doesn't have the the strongest job security. It could be Knight um, for the rest of the season, for all we know. But right now, it's just a murky you know two to even four way committee. So. Um, you know, if Carter's back, I, I don't really know how this is going to shake out. Uh, all right, let's go with Kyron Williams for the prop. Let's go total scrimmage yards for oh, Kyron. <laughs> uh, I'm going to set the line at go 55 and a half. Well, I had it at 54. Um, who do you have starting uh, quarterback this week? Is it full Perkins or do you have? Like... I have Perkins for now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, same. I mean, the yardage doesn't really differ too much. With I'll, go, right, I'll go over. I'll go over that. Because okay. uh, I think if, if Wolford's on her center, I mean, that is way less <laughs> scrambling and way more just dump offs to Kyron, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it would be good for, yeah, another like 10, 15 yards, a couple of Yeah, yards. yeah. So that's, I, I mean, I'm one yard lower than you, but I'm just factoring in the chances of Wolford being on her center this week. So I, I like the upside on this prop. All right. Yeah, no, I have actually have it a little bit higher than that too. Um, I lowered it. I didn't think. Well, how many passing yards do you have uh, Perkins for? That would have been a fun prop at quarterback. I know. Or, uh, or uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go Watson for sure. No, um, I, I have that. That's for my wide receiver prop. Okay. Little preview. Um, Bryce Perkins. 
I got him at 184 right now. Holy, I'm about 40 yards lower than you. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's early in the week. I might have to knock him <laughs> down, but uh, yeah, he's uh, fucking in it. Did Alan Robinson being out uh, raised your passing projection? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's jump to wide receiver, top five. Um, so I got... Ooh, okay, I got Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs, and Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh, yeah. Love me some Amon Ra in the top five. Yeah, I got Adams, Hill, Jefferson, Diggs, St. Brown. I think so. It's the same top five, right? Oh, see, so, no, no, I have Hill number six right now. Oh, oh, oh. wait. Um, uh, oh, I, really? Oh, I, like, I, I need to figure out what's going on with this injury. Uh, I just have a slight. <laughs> injury adjustment right now but oh, okay, um, if, yeah. if i unlock that he will absolutely be in my top five um and it's it's a tougher matchup i, I don't i don't think you know it's anything he can't overcome uh but a lot of different factors why he's just barely below amon Ra right now uh but i am not going to argue with you having him in your top three that's for sure uh, right, but I haven't seen I haven't seen anything on his injury yet. Yeah, so. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, yeah, I know Wilson and Mostert are the guys that I'm like I have his hurt. I didn't yeah. have anything for Hill. Um, he but, again, he left the game due to the injury, but that was mainly due to the blowout. Is, yeah, is what yeah, I'm like, assuming. Just again, if you have Terry Kill, you're starting him no matter what. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, who are you know? Um, so I am high on Zay Jones. Um, you know, it seems like I'm always higher than consensus on him, but right now I have him wide receiver 26 to begin the week um, against the Lions. He's wide receiver um, 39 in consensus too. Yeah, 37, I, I 37. Can you explain that to me? I really don't get it. I don't know because uh, I have him. I have him wide receiver 20, so <laughs> I'm oh, even higher than you. But go, tell, oh, tell the people. Tell the people. Don't, don't steal my thunder. Wow. Tell okay, the people. I need, I need to bump it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, he's seen a 97 percent route participation in the past six games. Um, and he has a 21.2 target per route run rate this season, which is actually higher than Christian Kirk, uh, if you could believe it. So I, he's technically operating as their number one, uh, receiver. So th this is a good matchup uh, against the Lions, like I said, and I'm projecting him for five receptions. Um, and that, that is really hard to do. So his, his underlying usage has been phenomenal. Um, and again, he's just so under the radar right now. I just consider him, you know, a solid high-end wide receiver three um and he, he's been there for you know a few weeks now and again this is a great matchup it should be a shootout you mentioned this is the second highest total of the week so what's not to love about zay jones people start him and for people in the fancy pros contest move him up your rankings why is he 36 or 39 i just don't get it and then he's, uh the, he's averaging oh, 5.8 receptions this year uh so five actually might be low <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Like, I have a 5.6 to be honest with you. Not even, not yeah. even gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he he deserves that. Um, um, it's a very you know, uh, high target. Like the it's it runs through Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Yeah. Um, you know Marvin Jones doesn't really factor in as much. Evan Ingram surprisingly just hasn't been seeing targets lately. Um, and with ETN banged up, you know, just it just a massive amount of targets going to both Jones. Mm -hmm. And Christian Kirk. So, um, yeah, yeah not, what's it. not to love about him? But the other receiver I'm high on, um, finally this year, actually, because I, I love this guy. It's it's Michael Gallup. Um, and I have him as my wide receiver 28 um, against the Colts. But he's he's coming off his best game of the season. Uh, he posted a solid, you know, five catches for 63-yard game. Uh, but he actually looked closer to 100%. Um, you know, he's making some great catches, looked great out there. Uh, saw a 94% routes run rate, which is – the highest of the season. So, you know, he could provide solid wide receiver three value um, until the Cowboys potentially bring in Odell Beckham. So, um, you know, just Gallup, just this matchup could be more of a pass funnel. I know they've been leaning on Zeke and Pollard the past few weeks and, you know, why wouldn't you, but this could be a matchup where they air it out just a little bit more. So um, I, I, I see Gallup as more of a mid range wide receiver three uh, this week. This is kind of the Gallup we, we saw last year. Uh, when he was playing well, I think he's finally healthy. So uh, he's he's moving way up my rankings this week. Wait, we need yeah, we need to talk about Gallup because I have him. He, he's still sitting here at wide receiver forty six for me. So I'm trying I know, to, yeah, I'm trying to like, figure out how how we're getting here. So what do you have? Right. I have his routes at ninety percent. What do you have? At? Good. That's very good. That that's about where I have him. I think 
because because they're not they're they're playing a lot more too wide with uh, the two tight ends now. So I, I yeah, bump I him up at, and, and Noah Brown down. I have him at eighty eight actually. Okay, yeah. So right okay. there. So hmm, I, how many uh, pass yards do you have, Dak? Two sixty. Ah, that's why that I have. I, yep. I, I'm at like two forty, huh? Forty. Yeah, I guess it's oh, you know why? Because they're eleven point favorite, so it takes like a big chunk out of his. Uh, like it, it, it makes the Cowboys a lot more run heavy in my model, so I might have to do some adjustments. I think I might still have some of the Cooper Rush. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you know, pass run splits going on here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were in, you know full control of their past two games, and he still cleared this number. Um, so I'm factoring that as well. You know, they're, they're still going to be able to run the shit out of the ball here. Um, and I, you know, after last night, I don't think the Colts keep it close, but they've been, he's been able to top 260 the past couple of games, even with a, you know, a very favorable game script or a, you know, a positive one. Um, so I'm still there around 260. So that's, that's really where the difference is. But yeah, yeah, I need to. Uh, yeah, I guess the Colts defense has been pretty good too against quarterbacks. Uh, and and just Noah Brown is a complete ghost yeah. <laughs> in this offense now. Just not doing shit. Uh so he's sort of the Demarcus Robinson uh role in this offense. We say that and then he'll like the, the randomly... Demarcus Robinson. Sorry, not the Baltimore Ravens version. I mean he disappeared last game, so everything's <laughs> back to normal. Yeah. Uh, anyone else or uh no, just those two guys. Uh for me, it is Garrett Wilson. I mean, <laughs> like, he's finally free of Zach yeah. Wilson, and I am loving it. I have Garrett Wilson wide receiver nine this week. <laughs> he's wide receiver 21 consensus. 21? Oh, man. Yeah. I So, I mean, yeah, I don't know why he's that low, but he's run a route on at least 90% of the dropbacks in each of the past four games. Uh, you know, even with Corey Davis back – even in the rain, still was in on 90% of the dropbacks with Mike White at quarterback. And I actually have him projected at 89%, so a little bit conservatively. And, uh, yeah, he's still popping as my wide receiver nine. Minnesota is a bottom five team in terms of uh, DVOA against number one wide receivers. They're 29th, according to Football Outsiders. So uh, great matchup for Garrett Wilson. He's got the speed. He gets open. Uh, he's being targeted in the red zone. We've seen him produce big games with Mike White, Flacco, and uh, and, and Zach Olson. So uh, he seems to be quarterback proof. And I think they said it on, uh, uh, I think it was Joe Davis. I forget who was calling that game. Whoever it was, I liked him um, on the Bears, on that Bears telecast. But he, he called Wilson a budding superstar. And I, I think that's exactly what he is. So uh, this is the time of year where I don't want to be low on rookies that I think mm-hmm. are going to are gonna pop off. So uh, Garrett Wilson inside my top 10 this week against Minnesota. And um, love, love the Zay Jones call, as I mentioned. So, uh, yeah, those are my those are my two guys. But, uh, yeah, loving some Garrett Wilson this week. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Um, I was actually bracing myself for you to have him in your top five. <laughs> uh, so a little disappointed in that. But, you know, top 10 is pretty good. I, I thought I was pretty high at uh, wide receiver 15. Um, I think that could only go up. Um, and yeah, he's sort of like the Elijah Moore from last year. Yeah. Um, just going off with all these different quarterbacks, but you know, Garrett Wilson's the real deal. Um, and just, yeah, as long as Mike White's under center, uh, he is definitely pushing top 10 value. Um, so yeah, right there with you on him. How funny was it to see Elijah Moore pop off the minute Zach Wilson gets out of the oh, lineup? Like it was like clockwork, like clockwork. And he, and he did only, it with like less than 50%. Yeah. 42. Uh, run, right? 42%. Yeah. Like, love to see it though. Yeah. It, just, oh man. <laughs> I mean, yo, that Jets, if Mike White can just be serviceable, and I know, you know, a lot of times these quarter, these third string quarterbacks, you know, they start well, but then they kind of trend down. But, um, you know, if he could be serviceable, people are not going to want to face that Jets team as like right. a wild card man <laughs> like yep. they're just too explosive the defenses they, they can create turnovers like it's gonna be oof. uh all right who are you low on at wide receiver um i'm low on scary terry i have uh terry mccorn as the wide receiver 23 to open the week against the giants um uh, consensus is wide receiver 13 and you know if you go off talent certainly <laughs> that makes a ton of sense but the uh commanders i don't know if people know this they have become an extreme run heavy team i'm talking like bears falcons um type of run heavy offense they've 
They've averaged 42 rush attempts the past three games. Yeah, it's working for them. They've won, what, six of their past seven games? Yep. Um, they're on this three-game winning streak. So uh, I don't see them getting away from that, uh, especially against the Giants this week. So uh, I'm sure Terry will do the most, uh, make the most of his targets this week. Uh, but, you know, he's not going to see many. And right now he has a low floor. Like if he doesn't cash in on his five or six targets, um, you know, he's he's screwed. So I, I just don't see how you would get to him being in the wide receiver one, wide receiver two cusp. Um, I just view him as, you know, uh, low end wide receiver two, um, just based on their, their rushing attack right now. So um, I'm a low on him to start the week. And then, oh, my God, Cortland Sutton. Wide receiver 42 for me to be the week. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> did you watch that Broncos game? Of course um, I so, did. Like, so, what do you mean? I was, I, was like I, was, I was telling you guys, I was like, Carolina's going to be a game and a half out of first place because they're the only team that's going to win. <laughs> and <laughs> right. and it, it happened exactly like that. I said, Deontay Foreman's going to go off. Nobody thinks yeah. he's going to have a good game script. What do you, I think he was the leading rusher at one point of the day. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely watched that game. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, um, to toot my own horn a little bit, uh, early in the season, I was ranking Russell Wilson uh, QB 20. And I was like, come on, why is he uh, QB 11? This is ridiculous. I didn't think he was going to be this bad, but I mean, hoof. Uh, so his consent, his consensus rank right now is wide receiver 26. Where the hell do you have him? I have him 30, so I'm lower. I'm just not oh, – okay. I'm not in the 40. Like, I still have right. him – you know, I have him getting his, you know, four to five yeah. catches, you know, 50 to 60 yards, just like no touchdown, you know? like Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're, we're probably similar, but right now I do have Jerry Judy returning. Um, so that could be why I'm a little bit lower. Plus, this is a tougher matchup. You know, they're, they're facing the Ravens. So, you know, how is Russell Wilson going to bounce back here? Um, so just right now, just – all the Broncos across the board. Um, you know, last week I had Greg Dulcich, tight end five. Oh, love the talent, but that's it for me. Did, uh, did you like see the uh, overturned touchdown? He got a he got a touchdown. No, I, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, no, and then it went to Brandon good. Johnson. Brandon how, how Johnson. Long would, obviously. Uh, how long would that touchdown have been? Like 20 yards or something like that? 10, 10 20 yards? It was in the red zone, I believe, or like cusp of yeah. the red zone. I think he would have had um, 30 yards and he finished with 11. So I think it was a 19 yard, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I had the over on his prop. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't have mattered either way. But again, never, just... never take an over on a Denver Bronco passing loud and clear. Um, again, that well, it worked the first on uh, Dulcich, uh, his debut. It worked out. That was like a, a busted cover. I think we <laughs> talked, remember, I, we talked about that on last week's yeah. pod. I was like, I'm low on Dulcich because he's had one touchdown and it came on a busted coverage and he hasn't even got a red zone target since. And then he no, finally don't. gets one and then they it's freaking overturned. Like, what kind of, oh. yeah, don't talk oh. shit about Dulcich. This is purely out of, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, spite of Russell Wilson. So, anyways, I'm downgrading everybody, um, and Sutton. Especially, you know, down to wide receiver 42 for me. Oof, um, oof. If if Judy is held out again, sure. Sutton will be a wide receiver three for me again. But again, you just you just can't trust anybody in this offense right now. I guess outside of Latavius Murray. Yeah. And I mean, trust is, you know, it's like, <laughs> eh, it's just straight up volume. Like you trust the volume. That's exactly. That's about exactly. Oh, man. Uh, I'm low on Juju Smith-Schuster um, just because I don't know exactly – what's going on with the usage in the Kansas city receiving core, you know, he, he came back from the concussion and you know concussions aren't the type of injury where you really need any type of like easing in, but he only ran around on 46% of the dropbacks and, and Justin Watson continued to be operated as like an every down player. And, you know, until we see Juju like rebound and I know, again, I know it was his first game back from injury, but like concussions, we have a lot of data that shows that like, players usually just bounce back to their normal um, selves from concussion. So uh, I don't know exactly what's going on. Like it's, it's, it seems like it's going to be one of those things where they're uh, splitting it up, you know, between everybody, Sky Moore is getting involved MVS, you know, even with everyone kind of hurt his routes participation has been going down as well. And Tony might even be back. So uh, I just can't trust Juju right now. So I have him as a wide receiver 42 uh, I'm projecting cool. him a little bit below his, you know, his yeah. for the season, his median route participation, 77%. Uh, but I'm in the 60s until we see him bounce back, um, you know, into his normal range. So 
Uh, and, and again, even when, if he is running a, a full complement of snaps, just the way Kansas City is kind of spreading the ball around, like they really don't have a true number one receiver. Like Juju had, you know, a couple of good games, but a couple of games where he just disappeared. So uh, the consistency is just not there uh, for me with Juju. So low on him. Yeah, that, I I think that they probably limited him just because it wasn't a close game. I know the score ended up be, look, being a little closer than I thought, but you know, just the Rams didn't stand a chance. So I, I wonder if it was just sort of limiting him based on the game script. But it was weird to see only a forty-six yeah percent uh, rate from him. And I yeah I re, no I rewatched that game too, and like it like he he made some catches in the second half. So it wasn't like he was in early and then they you know took him out because right. they were up. They were just kind of rotating everybody in. And, you know, even Sky Moore, who had a big game, his route participation went down as well. And it's like Watson Mm. is the only guy that's continuing to see uh, a lot of playing time. So it's just, again, Andy Reid, I always have to be kind of conservative. So, like, in those kind of situations, I just project everyone a little bit closer, you know, to each other with the usage until we, you know, until we see some separation. Because earlier in the year, it was kind of like MVS and Juju, like 80% other guys lower. Now it's kind of... Everyone's converging. Um, another player I'm low on, and I, you know, it's it's weird because I, I do like, I want to be higher on him, but Chris Olave, um, I'm at wide receiver 26. He's in the top 20 in consensus. He's 18th. And, you know, he's just not running a true number one wide receiver, um, you know, route participation rate. He's been around 83, 84%. And, you know, it's kind of been up and down. He had one game at 97%, but... Um, you know, last three games, 87, 63, 83. And in this kind of passing game where, you know, they're rotating Taysom Hill in and they're going up against a, a Bucks defense that has some some pretty good corners. Uh, you know, I, just, I know he had the bigger, I think he had a big game against the Bucks the first time, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I, I just think top 20 for Olave is too high based on what, uh, you know, his route participation is and uh, in the matchup. So I have him as more of a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, whereas the consensus has him as more of a mid-range uh, to high-end wide receiver two. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm wide receiver 25. And just whenever yeah. you apply logic and go <laughs> off his underlying data, that's yeah. where he ends up. But he's going to get a 30-yard touchdown, catch five balls and, you know, put up 80 yards. So usually by the end of the week, I just manually adjust him up a little bit higher. Um, and to be fair, I mean, he's super talented kind yes. of going back what you said earlier. Yeah. I don't want to be low on it. I'm just invest in rookies. Yeah. So it's, it's tough, but I, I'm there right there when, when it comes to the underlying data, it makes total sense for him to be in the mid twenties. Uh, but there is just, he is a special, special wide receiver. So he usually does, you know, end up producing like a wide receiver too. So he's, he's tricky to, to project, but um, yeah, he's, he's one of the better rookies of this class for sure. I'm going to just be mad when I adjust him up manually and then he runs fewer <laughs> routes than Rashid Shahid. Oh yeah. Well, like last week, right? <laughs> yeah. The two week before I think it was. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, wide receiver prop. What you got? Uh, so I'm going with Amari Cooper uh, receiving yards. So oh, this is kind of him. Tr- trying to figure out how such a tough projection project him with Deshaun Watson under center now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am going with, um, I mean, a lot of this does kind of go off of your Deshaun Watson projection, but I'm going with um, 65 and a half receiving yards. Ooh, that is a good line. I will go under. I have it at 63. Um, I have Watson projected pretty conservatively mm-hmm. because I, I think Cleveland is going to want to remain run heavy against this Houston defense. And, you know, just kind of what we saw, limited time of Watson. Um, like, I think Watson to start is going to be a lot closer to like Jacoby Brissett than, yeah. than we think, you know? So <laughs> I actually bad. have Watson just around like 230 passing yards, like nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously very efficient, like eight yards in attempt. I don't have the, I have him throwing under 30 times and I have him scrambling a bunch. Um, so he's still a top 12 quarterback for me, but um, you know, some of it's coming on his legs. I, I, I just, you know, we, it's We don't have much data to where, you know, we could just say, okay, he's going to drop, he's going to throw like 35, 36 passes like he did with that terrible Houston team. So yeah, I have him. I have him. Well, what do you have as a uh, passing? I was just curious. Oh, uh, right there with you, like 240. Okay. Um, but similar, I think, you know, they're just going to lean on Nick Chubb here. 
And did did you watch his preseason game? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he put, you he sick tried, fuck. You sick he, fuck. Well, <laughs> uh, other than that, he looked like shit. I mean, he looked really rusty. So I mean, he could take a couple games uh, plus just to get back to the the Watson. Um, you know, people expect. Um, but all that time off, I mean, he looked he looked pretty off. So. Yeah, like he could be shaky out of the gate, and it, it's an easy matchup, so they, they probably don't need to throw that much. Uh, but either way, Cooper Cooper's always a tough projection. Yeah. But just adding this in just makes it tougher, so I had to throw this out there. Um, I'm not sure I want to be on his over, but but I'll take it. How uh, – I mean, how about them Browns, though? <laughs> we, I know we were oh, – that, yeah. that we were both on it. Amari Cooper looked like he uh, almost like – dropped the game away with yeah. that drop. And then he comes in the overtime, he comes back and just streaking down the sidelines. Oh, I love that. I just, I've had so many of my bets end up being brutal beats, but that I definitely felt lucky on that for yeah. sure. Oh, like so that should down have, Joku. That should, yeah. That like one handed grab. Oh my God. But Cooper ended up making a big catch uh, to make up for that drop. But um, yeah, that, that was a luck box win for sure. But uh, happy to see Brissett go out with the win. That's what I thought that, you know, this team wanted to rally around him. Um, could be his last start as a Brown. So happy for him to, you know, go out with the win. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Brissett led Cleveland to the number four offense in DVOA. <laughs> number eight passing, yeah. number three rushing. A top eight pass offense with Brissett. No, yeah. He played Watson great. might He's... not be better. <laughs> like he might. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, Brissett's uh, a, a likable guy. You can't say that about Watson. So I, I've been rooting for Brissett all year. So just and ha- happy for him to pull off a win for me on that. So, um, yeah. You know, we should we should have done a Watson prop: Christian Watson TDs versus Deshaun oh. Watson TDs. <laughs> oh man, I'll take Christian. Oh man, <laughs> just all he does is score touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's close it out with tight end. Who's in your top five? Uh, so I got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, uh, George Kittle, and Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I got uh, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, and I, I got Schultz five and, and uh, Fryermuth six this week. Makes sense. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on Foster Moreau. Um, he's my tight end eight um, against the Chargers. Uh, looks like he's tight end 12 in consensus. So, um, yeah, he's he's a mid-range tight end one right now. He, he went – you know, three catches for three, three yards and a touchdown. But, you know, his underlying usage just remains elite right now. He had a 90% route participation. Um, you know, he's Derek Carr's number two target right now. So um, especially if Josh Jacobs is actually limited this week or actually misses the game, um, you know, that's just going to be mean more targets for Moreau. So um, he really hasn't had a ceiling game yet, but I think we could see, you know, a massive game for Moreau, like a game we would expect from like a Darren Waller. Uh, he is seeing that kind of underlying usage. So um, against the Chargers, we could turn in more of a pass-heavy shootout. Um, so I like uh, Moreau's floor and ceiling here. Again, he's like a mid-range tight end one for me right now. You said you have him tight end eight? Tight end eight, yeah. Are you I higher? have him tight end eight as well. No. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do uh... – I, I do love the usage because no one's playing a sn- like they're deactivating their third tight end Hollister and and uh, Moreau yeah. playing every <laughs> every single snap. It's crazy. Um, I am high on I'm high on Schultz first of all. I mean I have him in the top five. Uh, 1.7 yards per route against zone versus one yard per route versus man. And we know the Colts love to play zone coverage. They're also bottom five in DVOA uh, against tight ends. And uh, I'm also Finally, I know I've been down on him a bunch this year, but uh, I'm high on Tyra Conklin this week. Uh, he is my tight end nine, and he's the tight end oh, 17. Um, you know, he's – and it's just – I have Mike White, you know, is a big upgrade on on Zach Wilson. And this Minnesota pass defense, you know, it, you know, we saw Mac Jones have a, a good game against them. You know, Dak Prescott. Like, I, I don't really think this Minnesota defense is going to – provide too much uh too much resistance here so you know it's it, oh every week it's kind of ugly with these tight ends so uh conklin who's been running around oops in mid 70s uh each week uh have him as a top 10 uh tight end this week nice yeah i, I think it was uh last week uh you were low on him and i said how high will he move up your projections yeah there we go if they replace 
Zach Wilson with either Joe Flacco or Mike White. And you said it'd be more beneficial uh, for Mike White. So um, there you go. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Conklin's uh, my tight end 10. It's amazing yeah. how much uh, better these Jets players are when they have a guy that can throw the ball to them. Yeah, I mean, he had three catches for 50 yards, but, you know, that's that's kind of scratching the surface. You know, if he can get a yeah. few more targets, um, which I do have him – I think I have him projected for, let's see. Yeah, like, yeah, like about five yeah. and a half targets. Yeah, then, you know, I mean, it's not much, but for tight ends, it's uh, he can do yep. some damage. Weeks one through three, I think he was the tight end four. Yeah, yeah. So, so he has that upside. He'll he'll sneak up on people, but uh, yeah, got it. Got a lower guys like Dulcich who, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, too soon. Right. Um, oh. uh, all right. Who are you low on? Well, we're both on this guy, so let's just pile on. Uh, Tyler Higby. He's my tight end twenty three. Uh, to open the week, and um, you know, where, where do I begin? So last week he had a thirty three percent route participation. Um, in case you're not sure, that is terrible. Uh, and didn't see a target either. Um, and you know, he was questionable with that knee injury. Again, it looks like he just he's not very good at playing through injury. This is like the second or third time this year he played through a questionable tag um, and didn't even see a target. So that that's something we have to factor in going forward. Um, but especially, you know, even though Cooper Cup is out, Allen Robinson is out, it almost doesn't matter if Bryce Perkins is under center again because they're just not going to throw the ball. Um, so, you know, his rank might go up if John Wolford returns, but he, he's not going to be a tight end one the rest of the way, um, no matter what. So if you're hanging on to him, just cut bait now. It's not going to happen. But yeah, he is falling fast. So he's all the way down to tight end 23 for me to begin the week. Yeah, he's a uh, tight end 21 for me. Uh, tight end 11 in consensus, which I really don't get. But, I was recycling uh, last week's rankings. <laughs> yeah, just can't can't trust him. You know, I mean, and listen, his routes could pop back up. Maybe he's off the injury report this week. But the fact that he wasn't targeted and the fact that he's blocking more, which it, he is mm. blocking more. He is blocking more this, uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago. But with this Rams offensive line just in shambles, he's had to block more. And now that Kyron is here, you know, if you're going to block – either the tight end or the running back. Now with Kyron here, it's a lot more likely to be the tight end because you know, with acres, we always talk about, he never got <laughs> went out in the route. So, yeah. and, and, you know, Henderson saw some, but um, you know, it's just, it's kind of a switch and roll for Higby and looking like a lost season. So, you know, until, until we see something out of him, especially without Stafford, uh, I think we have to continue to, uh, to be low on him. Uh, I'm also low on Dawson Knox this week. Uh, he's a tight end. He's a top 10 tight end in consensus. Uh, I have him closer to tight end 13. And, uh, you know, this New England defense, I uh, just, you know, Knox has really been kind of an afterthought in this Bills offense. He had the one, kind of, he kind of jumped, you know, uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he he popped up against Minnesota when they were coming from behind late in the game mm-hmm. and he kept catching some balls. But uh, again, I just don't see the consistency, even though the routes are, are up for Knox. And, uh, you know, this Buffalo, t- going against New England, it's going to be one of the lowest um, team totals Buffalo is going to have mm-hmm. you know, all year. So his when Knox doesn't have touchdown probability, high touchdown probability, he's really kind of useless. And he's only scored twice this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just I, I don't really see it for, uh, for for Knox. And another guy, you know, similar boat is Juwan Johnson. You know, who finally didn't score a touchdown. Uh, he actually <laughs> had one hit him in the face mask, so he could have scored a yeah. touchdown. But uh, his route participation is trending downward, and uh, he's still being ranked in the top 15 consensus. But uh, his route participation went 83, 65, 69, 51 over the last four weeks. And, uh, you know, so now he's not really, you know, being – a guy that we could trust in that, you know, 70, 80% snap rate anymore because Troutman's healthier, Taysom Hill's getting a lot more routes at the tight end position. So if he doesn't catch a touchdown, it's probably going to be like two catches for 25 yards <laughs> or something like that. So uh, I have him tight end 22. Uh, he's tight end uh, 15 consensus. Yeah, I feel like we've both been saying the uh, the bomb's going to fall out on Juwan Johnson. Sure enough, uh, zero catch game. So we, we told you so. All right, uh, uh, let's go for the tight end prop. Let's see. Who do I want to go with here? Let's go with Dulcich. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, All right. I am going to set his line at... How low can you go? <laughs> I've, I've, I have a number in mind. You're going to be within two yards, I bet. 
Let's go. Let's go 29 and a half. Oh, I, I had 26 and a half written down. So I'm going under. Hate to do it. Uh, love the player. Hate the offense, but have to go under. I got to get some of these wins back. I got to catch up to you. So all business this week. Yeah, he's at, I mean, his median is actually a little bit. His median is 37. So it's just, he, it's, but the last three games, 11, 30, 11. So. Yeah, it, it probably also does depend if Judy returns. Um, so if Judy does return this week, that's definitely going to help my under hitting. Uh, but uh, definitely a good line to start the week. All right. That is going to wrap it up for the week 13 Action Network player projections pod presented by FanDuel. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our up to date fantasy rankings and projections. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money.